not just an enough relative of a path who is an artist down in, in Kingston. So uh, uh, that's my bear tie. I wear it about once a year. <clears throat> Our scripture today is uh, the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And then a passage from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world could be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of a close lineage to David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in spotting cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day. Unto you is born this day. A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told then. Go over in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born, in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Christmas story. A true story. A story of love. A story of grace. An amazing story. And Lord, we pray that uh, we would not well in the story and the insignificant things that are part of the story, which are very important, but on the person who came, Lord Jesus himself. Lord, may we 
hear from you as we listen to your truths. These days. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of the most amazing truths of Christmas is that when Jesus came as a baby in Bethlehem, Judea, he was God visiting planet Earth. Now, this just wasn't a last-minute decision by God. It was planned and promised way before. And there are many Old Testament promises, like Isaiah 7, 14, that says, The virgin will conceive me. Bring forth the son, and name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I, Isaiah 9 6, for unto you a child is born, human child, unto you a son is given, deity, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we already heard Matthew 5 2 earlier. That told exactly the place where Jesus would be born. Now, these prophecies, they speak of both Christ's first coming as a baby and his second coming when he comes back. We're going to focus on his first coming. Paul's described his plan, which we read in Philippians chapter 2, God's plan for his coming. And as, uh, as we, uh, Go through the Christmas season in your home. When we home, we in our home we have a nativity scene set up, and, uh, the the stable and the baby in a manger are part of that, and they remind us of his coming. And the truth is amazing that God came to Earth and visited us, but just as amazing is the manner in which he came. Because Jesus came, we have the privilege of knowing that we can seek and find God. One of our most cherishing ideas. But uh, use your imagination for a bit. If you had known ahead of time God was planning to visit our planet, where would you have expected to find him? Where would you have started looking for him? Would you have thought of looking for a baby? Would your first stop have been an animal stable, stall, manger? Would a rude and crude group of shepherds be the nut cop to be notified list? How would you think God of perfect glory and awesome splendor would reveal himself? His omnipotence, his omniscience, that means all-powerful, all-knowing, his holiness. Well, I was around in 1952 when Prince Charles was born to Queen Elizabeth, and uh, that was uh, an amazing event and uh, splendor of what that baby received when he came into the world. He was royalty. And he uh, deserved it, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Jesus' birth. And more recently, we've seen the birth of uh, uh, Prince William and Kate, I think her name is. <laughs> uh, and 
Boy, those babies didn't end up in stables, did they? Bill Yancey, in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, the royalty coming to earth and the way they did that and the way God did. And he says this in meek contrast to a royal visit, God's visit to earth took place in an animal shelter. With no attendant present, nowhere to lay the newborn king to the feed trough. Indeed, the event that divided history and even our calendars into two parts may have had more animal than human witnesses. Just think, he could have been stepped on. Not likely by big animals, but by mice and barn cats. Animal smells would have prevailed. Owed the cow, sheep, and donkey. Hay and straw are very dusty. Mice would have been scurrying around, likely chased by barn cats. Barn swallows flailing around, possibly. And then there's cobwebs. Ever think about that when you see the press? Major scene. As a banker, I've made visits to uh, my customers' hog, veal, dairy, poultry, and cattle breeding barns, and cat crop operations. And often when I come back, I had to change clothes before heading back to the office for the sake of the rest of the staff and customers coming in. The office aroma would have been pretty high. My mom grew up with a farm north just east of Toronto. They had an old barn. It was one of those century farms. And, uh, you went into that barn, you were clearing away cobwebs. There were mice and cats chasing them. Hay up in the mound was thrown down into the manger to feed cattle that were occasionally housed in there. And of course, you had to watch for your staff, too. Now, thinking of that raises questions in my mind. Why? I mean, and what's wrong with this picture? Consider with me the importance of that phrase that we find three times in that account in Luke chapter 2 in a manger, describing where Jesus was born and could be found. It's not just a description, this is like a parable from God. Similar to the one that Jesus told to teach important spiritual truths, except it's a true account that reflects more than just the description of the place baby Jesus was laid. It's a message from God, a testament in wood and straw, if you like, where we find the answer to some of the most pressing questions of life. And this picture of the nativity is likely nowhere near what that picture was that we see. The manger serves as a teaching lesson for us in five different ways. And first of all, from Luke chapter 12, we learn from the angels who spoke to the shepherds that it was a sign for the shepherds. Luke 2, as we read, tells us a census was decreed by Caesar Augustus for all the world to be registered. That's the Roman Empire world. 
and everyone had to go to the town of their tribal origin to be registered, both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David, Joseph through Solomon, Mary through Nathan, both of whom had been born to Bathsheba. The town of origin was Bethlehem of Ephrathah, or Judea. And that's specified in Matthew, in Micah 5, too. You see, there was another town of Bethlehem up in Galilee. Nearer to Nazareth, where Joseph and Mary came from. And Mary, as we're told in that passage, was expecting a baby. That she'd have been instructed by the angel to name Jesus, which means Jehovah saves. Bethlehem was busy and full because of the census. Malls and stores made from Black Friday through to Christmas and on into January. And we're told also, as we read the Shepherds in the field were visited by angels and told of Jesus' birth. And verse 15 says the shepherds decided to go and see. How would they find the child and mother they saw? There were probably many mothers and babies. And all babies were wrapped in swaddling cloths, the custom of the day. The sign for the shepherds was a baby lying in a manger, something unique, even at that time. Imagine their search, looking and listening to the cries of the baby. Now away in the manger says, no crying he makes, but all human babies cry. How else can they tell us they're hungry or hurting or, well, you know. Their diligent search is finally rewarded. They found the promised Savior, the one the angel said, unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. They found him a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. Then they knew without a God, I doubt that God had let them arrive, as he always does. The manger was their sign. Without a sign, there was no comforts or hope them to find Jesus. The baby in the manger was the great shepherd who led these men to Mary and Joseph, Harbinger and his wife, ultimately to himself. Secondly, the manger was a substantiation, a confirmation for Mary and Joseph. Now physically, humanly speaking, this was a, a very difficult ordeal for Joseph and Mary. The message to Mary from the angel Gabriel Gabriel in Luke 1, it was thrilling to hear. She responded with great words of faith. Behold, made servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. But was this what she expected? A stigma, pregnancy as a teenager while engaged to Joseph and wasn't the father? Nor was any other man. It was God the Holy Spirit. Let <laughs> me explain that. And the trip of some 78 miles through mountainous country from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered as Joseph and Mary were both descendants of David in Bethlehem of Judea was their tribal home. 
And of course, there was a prophecy in Micah 5 too. Then when we got there, no room in the inn. There was no handy accommodation like Holiday Inn or Travel Lodge or Days Inn. At best, an inn would be very crude by our standards. Even there, there was no available room. Not even for a pregnant woman. No one was willing to give up space for Mary and Joseph, and more importantly, the baby sheep still today. Most people are unwilling to make room in their heart and life for Jesus who came to be saved. hope you're not A cave in a stable manger for delivery was another thing that uh, she probably didn't expect. Bethlehem General hadn't opened yet, wouldn't for a few centuries. Roman government funds for health care were evidently inadequate or unavailable for most people in the Judean health insurance plan. Didn't make provision for Nazarene babies or in their products. Joseph and Mary ended up staying likely what was a cave for animals or stables. And all that involved. And a major food crop that held feed for the animals. And probably only with the help of her carpenter husband, Joseph. There, Mary went into labor and Jesus was delivered. Was there some mistake in what Mary and Joseph had heard from the angel? Then God sent shepherds to share the message of the sign that they'd been given to find the Savior, Christ alone. And they found him, just as the angels had said, wrapped in claws, lying in nature. This then was a confirmation for Mary and Joseph of the message they received and accepted by faith in God. Thirdly, <laughs> the manger was a statement of the spiritual state of the world. Jesus' grand entrance didn't seem to fit his person or glory. John writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning of both. But, and that all things were created by him, and nothing was made. Verse 14 says, the word was made flesh, well among us. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only God of the Father, full of grace and truth. It didn't seem to fit the person of glory, but in it we begin to see the glimmerings of God's purpose. When God the Son came to dwell in his creation, it was to a society that had largely exiled God from their hearts and minds. Oh, many awaited the Messiah to come and over to Rome and establish a physical, political kingdom without a table. God had promised that in a reign of righteousness. But they were spiritually insensitive to their need of the Savior to bring salvation for their sin, and they missed entirely the 
prophecies of Isaiah, specifically Isaiah 3, is meaning that their Messiah would first come as a suffering servant, as a lamb to the slaughter, as a substitute sacrifice for their sin. See, before you can live in a reign of righteousness, there has to be a change in heart. God came into the world to bring salvation. The world that didn't really want that, or didn't really know how desperately they needed it. No rulers were willing to step down from him. No kings were eager to make room for a sovereign kingship. No places would open their gates to welcome him. So God entered the world in the one place that no one coveted or cared about. A place no one would fight to keep him out of. A place none noticed. The God of the universe in his first few days lying in a manger in a dingy cave in Bethlehem. Yet this is an object lesson, a lesson impossible to ignore. Critics of God speak of a wrathful, vengeful, judgmental God of the Old Testament. Could such a God allow himself to be humbled in apparent disgrace by lying helplessly in the manger? You know, the manger scene reveals the mercy and love of the God who is holy and just. The phrase, there was no room for, the, for them in the end, has been repeated through the centuries, yet in truth, there was no room for them anywhere. This reminds us not only of his character, but also God. God returned to a hostile world, not to destroy it with divine wrath, a world that would treat him with contempt, but in divine mercy to Endure all that the world would throw at him and finish the work needed to bring him salvation. God's mercy and love couldn't have been much more clearly reflected than when he was lying in the There's something wrong with that picture. Well, if I didn't understand the love of God, I'd think it's ludicrous, but it reveals God's profound wisdom. As we see him lying in the manger, we can see something we'd never understand otherwise. And the manger gives a silent message that we can understand. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor. But we, through his poverty, might be rich. God the Son had arrived in a company of angels too glorious to you, descending in chariots and gold and jewels by angels saying, Holy, holy, holy is our God. He'd still be humbling himself, but I wouldn't have understood it. Down here, important people and powerful people tend to associate with and seek out important. So no wonder God humbling himself so drastically confuses so many. We were the reason he left the glory of heaven. And when I think of God in the manger, 
even though I find it hard to understand. He humbled himself in such a way that even a common shepherd, a child, or a tax gatherer, or a fallen woman, or a self-righteous Pharisee, someone such a way that we can understand. While lying in a manger, Jesus silently announced that we, what we desperately needed to know about God. Finally, the beautiful thing is that anyone can approach Common people can't visit of the newborn kings to be invited. But kings and princes can visit mangers if they would. So can bakers and weavers, wise men and shopkeepers, priests and children, cattle and sheep and shepherds. See, God as a child was dramatically announcing he had come to be accessible. Not to isolate himself or hobnob only with important people. He came to mingle with all. Receive them with open arms. And put himself where he's All this. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament with its ornate work. A beautiful craftsmanship and made with gold. How is the Shekinah glory of God? Common feeding problem for animals. Posted God Himself as a human being, King Jesus. Why? Us. He humbled Himself before us in demonstration of His divine wisdom and love so we would realize there was nothing God wouldn't do, apart from sinning in any way bring us back in relationship with himself. And when I'm tempted to say, Lord, you don't know what it's like to be humiliated like this. Or, Lord, I deserve better. Oh, Lord, you see all these injustices in my life. Why don't you use your power to change that? He points to me and reminds me the manger Someone wrote, if only. The entire Christmas story absolutely escaped George Albright. The whole God born in the manger thing was beyond him. Or maybe it was just too simple for him to grasp. At least until Christmas Eve when the snow came. He just settled into his fireside chair and turned to me. There was a thumping sound on the window, and at first he thought someone was throwing snowballs. He went to the door and looked into the yard. He saw a small flock of birds coming from the snow. They had been caught in the storm and then desperately tried to find shelter by flying through his large living room window. George knew he couldn't let those little creatures freeze, but how could he help them? The barn, of course, he thought. The barn where the children keep the 
pony will provide shelter if I can just get the birds in there. He opened the barn door and turned on the light, but the birds didn't move. Maybe some food would entice them. He sprinkled breadcrumbs leading to the stable door. He tried catching them and shooing them in. You know that. They went everywhere except into the barn. See, they were afraid of them. I want them to trust me. How can I convince them I only want to help? Every move he made tended to frighten them more. They could not, they would not follow or be pushed. If only I could be a bird myself and mingle with them and speak their language and show them the way to the barn and they could see and understand. Then the church bells began to chime and come on and faithful and listening to the good news of George. Melt in the snow and faithful believe. Jesus came in a manger. Well, the manger may be confusing and disturbing, but the message it brings is anything but. For this primitive scene of our God lying in a manger proclaims we're no longer alone. We're not abandoned. And God has come so we can act, have access to him. Because he came one like us, he understands everything we will experience and knows and can provide exactly what we need. He came to be our Savior. And that's what we need Joy was eight. Lived in a uh, poor housing development in a city in the States. Church buses made periodic runs to his neighborhood to gather children to Sunday school. The nice people invited him to Christmas party, he thought. He would have 15 minutes to rest before the bus left for the church. So Joey ran home and exploded, exploded with excitement to his mother. There's a party at that church this afternoon. I'm invited. And he thought it was another Halloween-type party. They got stuck. He and Mum went to work in his wardrobe. Fifteen minutes wasn't much time, and their funds were more limited than their minutes. Mum had a great idea. Why not go as a haystack? So she put on an, an old brown sweater on Joy and stuffed it with straw. They even put some of the weeds from the brook on the outside of the sweatshirt to make it look real. But Joy was more than surprised when the party turned out to be a Christmas play. Instead, Austin party. So he sulked around the fringes of the group until he heard the leaders talking amongst themselves and saying, We can't find a manger. And a healthy act. He was good at finding things. Parents explained to Joy that what they were looking for was a box full of hay where the baby Jesus lay. It seemed that someone had borrowed the crop. 
how could they have an adequate Bethlehem grammar without I look down at the box. Baggy brown stuff in. Straw sticking out everywhere. I could be a box of hay. He lay down on the floor and announced your manger. Jesus be born. Not simply what Jesus wants us. Yield to him. Let him come in and be born. Father, we thank you for your and being accessible and for the fact that you can give us May we receive that great gift of your son and allow you to.